Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, I just want to thank you for your background, first off. Uh, I always acknowledge whatever you've done to your, you know, uh, green screen, and you are on the money today, because we have a discussion that I think is going to be fun or a complete failure, and I can't wait to see which it is. Oh, I'm excited just knowing that there's a potential for disaster. <laughs> and, and the fact that, that both our listeners came back after viewing the last episode. <laughs> which truly was a dumpster fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a dumpster fire in a petroleum plant. It was, <laughs> it was, it was epic. Yeah. Dumpster fire and the dumpster was filled with old spray cans. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, it was amazing. And then a train wrecked. It was it was yeah. great. Then a train hit the dumpster. <laughs> well, I, I am a little proud of uh at least one thing, which is I I have crafted the perfect Mark Ramsey title for a blog post. Who um so but I, I have to set that up. So um so we so we we do have a point today. Um it involves 90 million units sold. 250 million online customers, 32 million um, subscribing customers to an online service. And I'm, of course, talking about Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Nintendo has, um, this is as of the fall, they have just a huge, huge customer base for their new Switch platform, the, the, their, their latest you know, video game system. And they have all these online subscribers and uh, they finally have released some demographic data, and they're basically grown-ups. We're talking <laughs> like um, a little bit of the eldest of Gen Z, all of Gen Y, uh, some of the youngest of Gen X are the main base of their Nintendo Switch users. So we're talking about like something that has led to a lot of uh, money to be made, which is how do you get these folks engaged and loyal as customers and i think i have figured it out with a particular game um that is just so weird um it is featured in your background and i'm of course talking about animal crossing so um and mike you said that you were you were really i, I really thought your daughter might have been um primo target for animal crossing in an, in an earlier iteration but no huh not that I'm aware of. Yeah, we were a Wizard 101 family, and then <laughs> she did some zoo thing, and then Animal Crossing may have shown up, but I don't think she ever, you know, she ever took a deep dive into it. So I'm fascinated. When and then when you told me that you were going to a twelve a twelve step program for the <laughs> Animal Crossing, then yes, yeah, I knew about your Warhammer problem, right. <laughs> situation, <laughs> phenomena, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> no idea about your uh, your Animal Crossing uh, issues as well. Well, I, I'm enough of a geek that I knew about Animal Crossing, and then I brought it into my house. And then um, what I didn't—I mean, this is when I sort of knew something was up—is uh, my wife, who uh, like literally was a member of a sorority, like not a geek, like the opposite of a geek, you know, opposites attract kind of thing with me. 
um she is more interested than i am like she needs to get on animal crossing at night and uh go fishing and do some of the things you do in animal crossing so but let me me, i'll just give the the briefest summary of this game basically you're a cutesy little guy or gal who has moved to an island inhabited by anthropomorphic uh anthropomorphic uh creatures you know talking raccoons and so on like mickey mouse style and um you live on this island you uh buy a house from a a raccoon named tom nook who gives you a loan and then you spend the rest of the game paying off that loan by fishing and selling your fish uh, planting fruit trees harvesting fruit um what else can you do you dig up fossils to put in the museum and then you sell the extra fossils and um you know you buy stuff with it to furnish your house um you uh you eventually expand your house which of course requires another loan from tom nook the raccoon and starts the whole process over again mike that's the game i have just told you what happens in this game there's no end to it you just keep enhancing your island enhancing your house and going in debt it's like real life but somehow they've made it cutesy fun and addictive um that's the game welcome to animal crossing so at what chapter, what level do the marauding hordes of Vikings land in your island? And, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, there is no fighting. More. Yeah, no, no, no. There's no, no fighting a- at all. Not, not against the computer, not alien? against a player, nothing. Yeah. It is a stressless game in that sense. Wow. Yeah. It seems uh, idyllic. Yeah. Uh, well, and I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, here, here's my perfect little blog post title, and we'll, we'll link to this, I'm sure, in the show notes. Um, it made me think of a, an Ernest Hemingway short story that I had to read in high school called A Clean, Well-Lighted Place. And it's about this old man who drinks too much and stays too late at a cafe, and the, the waiters are talking about him, and... Uh, blah 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 long story short they they uh one of the guys realizes that the cafe is is what everybody needs this this old man has a clean well-lighted place in which to while away his hours as he in existential dread awaits the coming death and nothingness that will inhabit his end so if you pull back about three degrees from darkness and just talk about you know maybe our world is a little chaotic right now. You know, we, we all are, are distracted and very busy and lots of stress and, oh, I could log on to Animal Crossing tonight and go fishing and say hi to Tom Nook and some of the other people that live in my village. And they're all going to be kind. And uh, there's, there's going to be, um, you know, some things for me to do. And some, there are some things that they have figured out with Animal Crossing that really apply. So, I, I entitled, if you're ready for this, I entitled my blog post, A Clean, Well-Lighted Metaverse. Aww. You're, you're welcome. Hemingway would have been so proud. <laughs> he would have been disgusted. But, he, would have, but I, he, would have, he would have killed himself sooner. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Time to take my life after reading this blog post title. No doubt. I I would not be surprised by that either. Um, 
But anyway, I, I've noticed some things that Nintendo and the game designers have done that uh, I think apply to any business that is interested in, you know, I, I really, you know, want to stress, I don't think that there is nothingness and death awaiting all of us. And that's it. I, I think there is, a, you know, redemption to be had. There is eternity to look forward to. Um, and and uh, all of our businesses and organizations uh, really can add value to the world, right? And have, I, I would say, eternal impact. But all that to say, your business really could be an oasis for people with some very simple uh, observations I've noticed from Animal Crossing. So I want to share, uh, let's see, I've got five of them, Mike, to, uh, to take us home. So Wow, five lessons from Animal Crossing. <laughs> lessons or things that you're going to laugh at and say, why are we recording this? But let's see what happens, you know? Let's just, let's just go with it and see what happens. I'm down, homie. Bring it up. <laughs> okay. All right, number one, um, whatever your customer experience make it to some degree predictable. And what I mean by that is some sort of enjoyable rhythm to the day. Um, a Bucky's uh, gas station opened up uh, near me recently. And you talk about a predictable and enjoyable rhythm. Uh, you know you're going to get greeted as you come in the door. You know that when you uh, step around the food preparation era, area, uh, they're going to be cutting up brisket and the, the guy cutting up the brisket is going to yell out something and all the staff are going to join in and yell back at him, whatever it is he said. Um, you know, you, you know, you're going to come to a clean bathroom. There, there are some things, some almost some rituals, you might even say, that are going to happen through the course of that event. You know, we could talk about a lot of companies, Chick-fil-A and how they're always going to say my pleasure. Some, some things that you come to look forward to that are predictable parts of your customer experience. So you're, so you're yeah. saying if a business came up with maybe a franchise model and wanted to take it around the world, it could be successful. There seems to be a little bit of a, a trend in that regard. And, and notice which ones are trending better, right? Like you, you could, man, I'm not going to bring up any names because I don't want to make anybody mad, but there are, there are franchises out there that like they just sell you the product right? They, they just have you license the product, but there's no experience to go along with it. So yeah, if you want a commodity, come on down to, you know, Joe Blow, uh, you know, um, uh, franchised fast food. But if you'd like an experience, then you probably go to a place like Chick-fil-A mm -hmm. uh, because they've engineered that. Well, uh, just to, you know, take up the counterpoint here, Sometimes the, sometimes the lack of experience is the experience. Ah, yeah. So I go to, uh, let's say it's a it's a pale castle-like building that makes little <laughs> tiny square hamburgers. I, you know, I go there because there's not much there. I'm not expecting delightful service. I'm not expecting cleanliness. I'm expecting just, here's a bag of burgers and the Grease is dripping out the bottom, and that's part of the ritual. I, I uh, let me see if I can run with that, or or maybe it's more that you have runs. Anyway, the point is, um, I, I think I think I kind of I'm going to give a counter counterpoint. Some would say that that's what Waffle House is, and I would I would argue that part of the ritual of Waffle House is they know 
well, first off, if you've ever been to a Waffle House, please don't ever play the Waffle House songs on the jukebox. I mean, those poor people, I mean, their eyes get twitchy. But, but the thing that I know I'll always get is a very authentic server and cook who are uh, just living life, trying to survive. And uh, they're very humble about it and a lot of fun, typically, mm-hmm. in their very unique um, colloquial way. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that maybe that's, you know, the, the unexperience is an experience, I guess, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think so. And so, yeah, I'm in some places I want all the stuff. I want to be overwhelmed, right. my sights and senses and everything just be, be overwhelmed. In other places, I purposely want to be underwhelmed. And that's part of the beauty of that particular place. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so um, so some sort of ritual, some sort of expectation that you come in um, having about the experience that there there will be a predictable, enjoyable rhythm to it, um, something along those lines. Okay, point number two is um, allow that experience to be customized. So in Animal Crossing, there are things I'm doing to make my island my island. You know, I'm, I'm going to plant trees over here, flowers over here. I'm going to put the bridge here. Uh, this is where I'm going to put the campsite where we attract new residents to visit our island. Um, there's a whole series of things you do to, to uh, customize it. You even get to customize the town hall flag for your island. Yeah. Yeah. You get my yeah. own flag. You get your own flag. It's true. Um, so, with that being said, I, I think that that's, you know, any business can let us sort of know how we'd like to interact with them and customize the experience a little bit. The, the, the example that always comes to mind for me is, is something as simple as when my wait staff or even my service advisor comes to memorize my beverage of choice and it gets clunked down on the table. You and I had that experience uh, whenever it was. Was it last week? I can't even remember. During the pre-dumpster fire, shortly before the dumpster fire, uh, we went and had sushi and I, it was a cold day. I got green tea and the waiter said, whoa, that is a switch for you because I he's used to me having club soda, right? Well, that felt good. It felt really nice that he, you know, knew my customization and uh, and he always plunks that down when I walk in the door by myself. So um, it, it feels good to be able to tailor the experience a little bit. Anything come to mind for you on that? Well, I think it's, uh, it's tailored and, and within the tailor, the customization, you, you offer choices, but not too many. Uh, you, can over, point. you can overwhelm the customer with a myriad of choices, but uh, like I remember I, I walked into you know, the Tiffany jewelry store uh, mm. because I was lost. And the the lady, uh, you know, looking for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I prefer uh, this is a quirk of me. I prefer room temperature water. I don't like cold water to drink. And so I walked into Tiffany's and the concierge type person said, welcome and all that. She said, may I get you some water? And I said, well, that'd be lovely. And she goes, cold or room temperature? Oh, oh. So yeah, so instead of just like heaping the, the water on me, I had a choice. I can customize the experience down to the temperature of the water. I love that. I was I love that. I was over the moon excited. Yeah. 
And uh, and by the way, I love room temperature water as well. That's that's my go-to. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, okay, third observation. Celebrate at every possible excuse. Um, on Animal Crossing, there's like some sort of weird event, you know, every third weekend or something. Uh, we recently celebrated Bunny Day. Uh, before that, there was a fishing tournament. Um, you know, thing, things that just uh, uh, just are excuses for them to have some special event that gets you to come back to the island, right? To get you to log in. Mm-hmm. Um, on Bunny Day, uh, or I guess the I guess it was the leading up to Bunny Day. So Passion Week, basically, is what I'm saying. You know, before Easter, you know, when when my Lord and Savior rose from the grave, uh, yeah, I checked in at Animal Crossing uh, to uh, meet up with the bunny who visited the island because I had been collecting Easter eggs all Passion Week that were hidden on the island. And if I gave him one of each kind, I got a special, you know, prize, a virtual prize in my clean, well-lighted metaverse that has no bearing on anything whatsoever. And yet I still showed up to play this doggone game because they had made a big deal about, oh, something fun is coming. So you and I work with car dealerships. We know stores that are the masters of this, right? There's always a good reason to have people come in this weekend or this weekday, uh, something that they can uh, celebrate or, or make it uh, a deal about, uh, you know, check your community calendar for goodness sake and see if there's something you can tie to uh, where, uh, where there's something uh, fun or just special that's happening at a certain time. Oh, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And I, yeah, I see it out there. And my theory on this is, is you have the celebration and you know not everybody's going to come to the celebration. The beauty of the celebration is you want to invite as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And so if I invite you to the party and you choose not to attend, you still think more highly of me for inviting you to the party. So this is the, and it's a wonderful excuse to contact the people in your world. Your Absolutely. Your yeah, it's like, hey, I didn't want to bother you, but we're having a little uh, food, you know, having the food trucks come over, bouncy house, uh, you know, come on down and, uh, and have some barbecue and it'll be fantastic. Oh, I'm going to be out of town that week. Oh, that's a shame. Well, you'll be missed. But now they have this good feeling when they think about me. Yeah. Even though, you know, I didn't have to give them any barbecue. <laughs> I, that's that's a really uh, a really good point about feeling more valued because you were invited. Like the, just the, a little a little special thing that you've done for a customer, even then. Um, okay, so there's two more, and they're sort of like overarching uh, over everything we've talked about. The first is just the general idea of surprise and delight, right? Um, you know, most of the things that I've talked about, um, you know, are are sort of you know, oh, that was nice moments. And, uh, and, and I, I guess um, I could keep going on and on about how Animal Crossing does this, you know, that this is sort of what they specialize in, frankly. Um, one that hadn't happened to me yet, but, uh, but did a couple uh, weeks ago was, uh, it was like, was he a stork or a seagull? I guess it must have been a seagull. A seagull washed up on the shore and, um, and he's, he's marooned because of a shipwreck. And I need to help him collect parts on the island for his radio so he can contact his crew. That's it. Like, like what's, 
who's that guy? What's he doing here? And then he sent me on a mission and then I got a prize because I helped him out. And I mean, you know, just something so simple as that. And I'm, I'm not going to say their name, but there are used car operations out there that do things like, um, you know, when you open your gas cap for the first time to pump gas, a gas card falls out. Oh, I didn't know I was going to get, you know, 20 bucks, you know, in addition to the car. I mean, you know, simple little things like that. It's, it, it doesn't need to be much, but it's something that gives you just that nice moment of, I didn't expect that. And I liked it. Well, it's interesting because uh, it's, it's the game, instead of giving you a, an object to, that has value in your metaverse, uh, they, they provided you with an opportunity to help someone. And I can't, <laughs> right. remember, I can't remember who said it, but yeah, the, it might've been Einstein. He said, those who are the happiest of, are those who have found a way to serve others. Hmm. And so they know that by, by helping this, you know, terribly, you know, you know distraught, you know, seagull that, right. yeah, you, that will release uh, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine into your bloodstream. And so I, that's it. That's right. Yeah. That's, so, that's exactly right. So, so yeah, you, the, the, the common model would be just to give you something. Their model would be allow you to help somebody, allow you to fully engage and in, in to help someone. I, I think you nailed it. And I will say that part of what makes you know, this whole, whole thing um, worth it. This really ties into the final point, which is, um, I, I say honored dignity. We've talked about that before, but it, it's just the general principle that, you know, this is going to be a kind place. We're going to make this a kind environment. Um, I, there, there's a, and you can see some screenshots in the blog post, but I, I just crack up. There's a, you can go to town hall and you can talk to the secretary that helps run the town. And she's this cute little dog, um, and uh, and you can talk to her about another resident, because remember all that customization I mentioned. What if uh, what if you invited one of your friends or your kid invited one of his buddies to come visit your island, you know, in this little clean, well lighted metaverse, and uh, they made a I don't know a Nazi flag and customized your flag with a Nazi symbol uh, on it, or uh, there's a way that you can teach, uh, you know, sort of like uh, catchphrases to different residents. What if they taught them uh, a slur? You know, you'd want to deal with that, right? And uh, so the secretary, literally, there's a prompt on the, the conversation menu with her where you can say, I'd like to talk about a resident. And she goes, oh, no, has someone said something? And she'll go take care of that issue so that that doesn't infect your clean, well-lighted metaverse, right? So the, that's a you know, a little over the top. None of us want a big brother policing, you know, the whole environment. But I do think that there's room for all of us to just make sure, you know, we'll, again, we'll post the, the Dignity podcast that we released, uh, I guess it was last year, where we really talked about this idea of, um, you know, making sure we're treating people, customers, and employees like they're worth something. And making that to be the norm, and this is how you do it, and this is uh, th this is sort of what it looks like to do it here. Um, and you can tell places that get that because you get that feeling when you walk in the door, right? They know how to look you in the eye, they know how to smile, and uh, you know uh, make you make you feel welcome, uh, make sure you you, you get helped. Um, so it's it's nothing more than that, but I think that that one might be the most difficult of all that we've talked about, because instead of engineering an experience, you really, now you're talking about engineering a culture. Um, but 
the environment wouldn't be the same on that metaverse without it. And it wouldn't be the same in your experience without it. So that's why I make it one of the five items. No, I think that, that that's huge. And, and it's creating this, this safe place. Um, I was in a store yesterday and we were having a, a conversation and it was some managers and some, some team members. We were all standing around. And one of the team members went on a rant about uh, parenting and that how every child should be able to, to have a, a, their home should be a refuge from the world. Mm. They should be able to go home and feel safe and feel respected and, and, and not be belittled. And, and it, yeah, you can, you can have rules and accountability, but, but yeah. we should maintain their dignity. Right. And, you know, everybody's nodding their head. Yeah. That, you know, that makes sense. We're all for children having that kind of space. And then one of the managers after a pause, he says, I think everyone should have a workplace like that too. That's exactly right. Right. Dead on. Yep. It was it was crazy cool. And and that's the reason that we think this is a I think this is a podcast episode worth having is we have trouble finding customers, we have trouble finding employees. And these are the things that make your organization sticky, right? These are the things that attract people and make them want to come back. Um I, I don't know um, all the businesses of the listeners. You know, we make the joke about, you know, both listeners. Um, but, you know, we have people that are kind of far flung in different aspects of, uh, of life and professional careers that are listening to this thing at this point. And I think that everything we talked about applies no matter where you work, right? Uh, where you shop, if you want to say it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess let me let me summarize the five again, just to wrap us up. Give your experience a predictable, uh, enjoyable rhythm. Um, allow customization of that experience. Celebrate at every possible excuse. Uh, surprise and delight, and honor dignity, and and do it in some tangible ways is really what we're saying. You know, a way that people can know what it looks like. Um, so those are the five items. I think they really will help people to um, hold on to people longer. So um, that's, that's what I came to the table with today, Mike. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited and relieved uh, <laughs> that there was a point and there was five of them. That's even better. Uh, so yeah, that was fantastic. And yeah, as you were talking, uh, all, I, all I'm picturing in my head is, is, is you know, Jim Carrey and the Truman Show uh only yeah. all all the characters on the island uh, uh was it sea haven all the characters are you know animals and there's jim kind of navigating through right. the world and and it's pretty idyllic it's pretty pretty safe and yeah, yeah we're just figuring out how to how to get through it and how to make it you know more interesting more attractive and, and to get people to as you've you know so actually stated with your data to get them to become not only loyal but advocates of uh, this it. particular world right and and by the way we don't want a world like animal crossing right we we don't want to live in sea haven where we're you know constantly big brothered and we have a social credit system to make sure we're being nice to everybody that's not what we're asking we're, we're basically saying that the world is messy a lot of parents let alone children don't have a place of refuge and maybe your maybe your customer experience is a little bit of a, an oasis, a little bit of a refuge for your employees as well as your customers. So we hope this helps. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the test would be if, 
if somebody says your organization or business name is the person who hears it is their first instinct to smile. Mm. That's how you know it's working. Yep. Yep. Great final word. Fantastic. Speaking of somebody who brings smiles to the world. He is an oasis, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a beacon of light in my otherwise dreary little life. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's hear what our announcer, uh, Mr. Wolf, has to say. And that, I guess, is that. It doesn't take a genius. No rights reserved, nothing trademarked, copyrighted, or even original. Feel free to give it to anyone, anytime, using any and all media formats. Warning, Mark and Mike may or may not make another one. I'm your announcer, and I did not get paid a nickel to do this. They won't even let me tell you my name. So until next time, if there is a next time, stay safe, be well. That's good enough.